Welcome to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast dedicated to the belief that life is a team sport and that happiness is a skill we can practice. I'm your host, Larie Florence, and this is week three of our Play Theory Bootcamp. All right, it's time for this week's highlight reel. This comes from the Salt Lake City Tribune, dated August 18th of 2021. An employee at West Valley City Petting Zoo escaped an alligator attack with her life and all her limbs, thanks to her skill and training, as well as the bravery of others. Lindsay Bull was taken to a hospital after an eight-foot-long alligator grabbed her hand during a feeding. Don't worry, there's a happy ending. She didn't lose her hand and will regain full function, thanks to a skilled surgeon and a brave customer named Donnie Wiseman. Wiseman, who was there with his son watching the feeding, saw the alligator clamp down on Lindsay's arm and knew he had to take action. He risked his life and jumped into the enclosure, grabbed the alligator and pinned it in place until it released its hold. Lindsay said she plans to return to the job once she recovers. In a Facebook post, she said, I can't explain the level of admiration I have for that man who saved me. Wow. We'll link that story and the video of the attack in the show notes. Okay, it's week three of the Play Theory Boot Camp. Last week we covered Be Present. How did you do raising your awareness of what you focus on? Were you able to identify and even choose what thoughts you wanted to think about circumstances you experienced? Did you practice waiting two seconds after listening before you spoke in a conversation? Did any brave soul try reflective listening? We want to hear about it. We'd love to hear from you in the comments on playtheory.org or on the Happiness Playbook Instagram or Play Theory Facebook group. Before we get into our practice, it's time for our team huddle. Thank you to everyone who signed up for the Play Theory Workshop for Roommates and shared it with others. Good ideas are best shared one-on-one, and we really appreciate your taking the time to help another person out by sharing the positive juju that Play Theory has to offer. Also, we want to give a big thank you to Lori Gavras for the shout-out. It means so much to know that you're benefiting from our efforts here at the Happiness Playbook. Thank you for letting us know in the comments on Facebook and Instagram. We read them and we're so grateful to feel a connection with you, our audience. All right, it's time to get on with our play-by-play. Last week, I promised we'd talk about the twin principle of be present. But first, I need you to imagine that you wanted to learn something new. It could be a foreign language, a musical instrument, or how to draw. Maybe it's a class needed to get a degree that you want to earn. You arrange to take a class or you get a teacher to receive instruction. Is that all you need to do? No, you have to show up for the instruction. You have to be present. Also, you're going to have to let go of your ego and play around with speaking new words if you're learning Spanish. You'll have to let go of your ego and be willing to sound bad before you'll sound good if you're learning a musical instrument. I speak from experience. I had four of my kids take violin. There was a lot of letting go and playing before any of them started to sound good at all. When I studied voice, my classically trained teacher would have me 
hooting like an owl, hoo, and cawing like a crow, caw, to learn how a lifted palate feels. If I wasn't willing to let go of feeling foolish and play along, I would never have improved. No matter how many times my voice teacher demonstrated the proper technique or how present I was listening and paying attention to her instructions, I would never have improved if I had not been willing to leave my comfort zone and step into the great unknown and fail towards a better understanding of what she was teaching. So what's our principle this week? You guessed it. Let go and play. To start off, I want to share a story from long, long ago. So long ago, I was a junior in high school. I had been invited to go water skiing. I'd never been before, but I had done a lot of snow skiing, so I figured how hard could it be? They were both skis on top of one form of water. One was just colder in the solid form. The other was liquid. So I figured I'd pick it up. I really wasn't that worried about it. And besides, the guy who asked me was really cute. So I was excited to go. I wanted to show off some of my skiing prowess. So after a few pointers, I hopped in the water and held onto the rope, got the ski out in front of me and waited for the boat to pull out. Now, I didn't like that feeling of being in the water alone as the boat pulled away. And I was really anxious to get out of that water. So I made it up on my first try. And that's pretty cool. I felt pretty good about that. And I was right. I knew about edges and balance and I had some experience. So I did a pretty good job of skiing. And that was great for the first few minutes, even the first five, eight, ten minutes. I stayed on those skis for 20 minutes. People on the boat were waving and yelling things and kind of circling around. I couldn't figure out what they were saying. Of course, in the end, I finally realized they were telling me to let go of the rope. So why didn't I let go of the rope? I didn't know that was what was supposed to happen. And I also didn't want to be left alone on the water. And I was able to stay up on the skis. I just didn't know what was going to come next. So I held on. Thinking about our highlight reel and the story of the guy wrestling the crocodile, and then my story about not letting go of the ski rope, can you see how the principles of being present and let go and play build and overlap with one another? The Good Samaritan who saved the woman from the crocodile had to let go of his comfort zone and look outward as he realized that his help could be invaluable to the docent whose hand was in the alligator or crocodile's jaws. He then had to be 100% present in order to see what to do to get the creature under control and stop the attack. After it had finally calmed down, you better believe he was 100% present so that he could know when to let go, literally. For my first time water skiing, I was present on the ski or on the water, holding onto the rope, but I wasn't able to see when it was time to let go. The longer I held onto that rope, the less it felt like playing and the harder it was to be present and enjoy the moment I was in. Sometimes we have to let go of the here and now to be more present. Like when I 
really let go and play with my grandkids. The more I let go of what I'm doing in the moment of like dishes or cooking dinner when they invite me to come downstairs and be a unicorn, then the more engaged I can be with them in their play. And the more present we are, as we're letting go and playing, the more fun we all have. Have you noticed that the more present you are in experience, the less you notice time's passage? Many of us go through life half aware, on autopilot, or drifting along with whatever social current we are submerged in. Because we aren't fully present in our awareness, maybe we're distracted, overwhelmed, exhausted. Anyway, we don't even realize that we can take a different path or make a different choice. Only with this awareness of where we are right now can we let go and move in a direction that better serves us. Keep that in mind as we dive into the play of the week as we practice let go and play. You could also call this principle just keep swimming or leave your comfort zone or mistakes are opportunities to learn or leave your ego at the door or forgive and forget or be a kid and have fun. I think it's best described as being open to learning and growth. The bottom line is there is no growth without making errors and course correcting along the way. Did you know it's impossible to paddle a canoe in a straight line? I know this because I took a canoeing class in college. I'm very proud of that. With each stroke of the paddle, the prow of the canoe edges slightly to one side or the other. As we continue to paddle, we make little adjustments to bring the canoe cutting back and forth across the direct line until we ultimately arrive at our intended destination. No matter how good of a paddler you are, it's going to cross that that line and you're going to have to course correct. The better you are, the less correction you have to make, granted. Just like paddling a canoe, we can stay busy and even have a lot of fun while out on a lake in our canoe. But if we have a goal to get somewhere, we'll need focus and consistent reassessment of our actions and then be willing to course correct constantly. Children are comfortable with this idea of effort coupled with course correction. Maybe because so much of our learning was in the visible, physical realm when we were young. It's hard to hide falling down for the 200th time when you're learning to walk. We didn't beat ourselves up for having to pick ourselves up and try again. We let go of any negative thoughts and kept playing at learning to master a skill that would someday become mindlessly effortless. So why do we beat ourselves up over other things we find challenging to learn? Why is negative feedback or criticism so painful, even when offered with our best interests in mind? Cursing someone for letting us know we came off as unthoughtful during a family meal is like resenting our friend for letting us know we have spinach wedged in our front teeth. Just as we do with such a thoughtful, courageous friend who speaks out for our benefit, we need to thank those that speak up to help us learn how to improve, and we need to be grateful for situations that, although challenging, provide opportunities for us to see our limits and thus inspire us to rise up and put in the effort needed to overcome our weaknesses. To be clear, 
It takes humility and an open mind to let go and stay engaged. Anyone can let go and walk away, retreating further into their soft, non-challenging comfort zone. It takes courage and hope to lay the ego aside and stay in the game despite continuing to make mistakes. The wise man or woman knows life is not about avoiding mistakes, but about learning from the inevitable mistakes. Anyone who thinks they can avoid making a mistake is fooling themselves. No one has all the info or experience needed to live a life free from errors. And as long as mistakes happen, there is always something to learn. I like the mantra, mistakes are opportunities to learn. When you let go of the idea that you are above learning, you'll be amazed by all you don't know. There's a saying, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. When you accept that, then learning becomes exciting and something to look forward to. Instead of feeling insecure that you may not know the answer, embrace the idea that there's always something to learn. As a matter of fact, you can learn something from everyone you interact with. When we value learning more than the fear of making a mistake, we are truly free to grow. Some of you may be familiar with Julia Child. She was a world-famous chef. She didn't know how to cook when she moved to France with her husband in 1948 because of her husband's job. But she took an interest in French cuisine. Even though she knew nearly nothing about cooking, she wasn't deterred by how old she was or how little she knew. Instead, she poured herself into the opportunities to learn. It said, you can't know what you can do till you try. Sadly, most people won't try until they think they know they can do it. Julia Child did not wait for permission or direction. She showed up and took chances and was willing to make mistakes. Who else can you think of that tried before they could and ended up wildly successful? Share your thoughts with us at playtheory.org in the comments and on our social media. Thomas Edison wasn't afraid of learning from failure. He said, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Henry Ford, another bright mind that changed the trajectory of our civilization, said, Failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. Hundreds of years ago, William Shakespeare was opining on this same idea. Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. So don't let the fear of failing stop you from playing or going for your goals. Let go of your ego, of others' judgment, of self-judgment, and be open to learning what you don't know or, heaven forbid, open to learning from a mistake. Don't fall for the poor logic of not trying because you don't want to be hurt by not making it. If not making it will hurt, then that means you want to make it. And by not trying because you don't want to not make it, you're ensuring that you won't make it and ensuring you'll be hurt. Remember, you won't be on 100% of the teams you never try out for. By not trying, you already didn't make the team. Okay, are you ready for a let go and play drill? 
This is what you're going to do. You're going to laugh out loud just for the sake of laughing for 20 seconds. Right now, unless you're in the checkout line at the store, hit pause and start laughing. You don't have to think about a joke or even feel like laughing. Just give it a try. If it's hard to get started, try to copy someone else's laugh or see how many different ways you can laugh. If you can find another person to laugh with, I guarantee it will evolve into real laughter. Okay, we're back. How did it feel to let go and play? Was it hard to laugh for no reason at all? Did it change the way you feel? Did it help you feel happier? Did you know smiling releases chemicals we need to improve our mood? Are you a person who is quick to smile or laugh? If not, why not? How does it feel when someone laughs with you? Are there people you don't feel safe laughing with? Does play make you feel vulnerable? Are there people you wouldn't feel safe playing with? Can vulnerability be a strength or a positive? Can it lead to greater awareness and understanding? How does being present help you identify which thoughts will best serve you regarding feeling comfortable playing or feeling vulnerable? Lots to think about. As we wrap things up, I'll leave you with this week's workout to practice letting go and playing. Your first challenge is to give five compliments a day. It could be to the same person. It can be via a text. It can be to random folks at the store. But see how it feels just to let go and say something positive to another person. Another challenge, if you know how to whistle, is whistle a tune next time you're doing some kind of a physical task. If you don't know how to whistle, then put in some headphones and sing along to your favorite song. Another challenge, go online and learn a dance step from a video on YouTube. We'll post a couple of links in the show notes on playtheory.org. Dancing is a fantastic way of letting go and playing because you're engaging your entire physical body. Another option for practicing letting go and playing is doing some solo play. Maybe you can find that hacky sack. Dancing or singing out loud or if you can find a buddy, grab them and go outside and toss a frisbee around. Do something that is an actual letting go and playing. It's a game. There's no task or accomplishment involved. If you happen to have a pet, it's a great opportunity to practice letting go and playing. I bet you already do and you don't know it. Notice how you play with your cat. Do you talk in a funny voice? Do you move in a different way when you're around them? Do they make you laugh? How do you feel when you're being 100% present and really engaged in a let go and play way with your pet, right? So your last challenge, if you're a driver, the next time you're out in traffic, let go of your judgment and anger towards other drivers who may cut you off or merge incorrectly or heaven forbid, don't notice when the lights turn green. 
instead of getting irritated or angry, let go and play by thinking of three justifiable reasons they were driving the way they did. Maybe there was a bee in the car. Maybe they were up all night because they were talking to a love interest that they met online who's living abroad in a very different time zone. Get creative and come up with some different scenarios that would justify their poor driving. All right, that's a lot to work on this week. So remember to also keep practicing being present, practicing the skill of letting go and play, and pretty soon you'll be able to hold a 20-minute proverbial let go and play plank. If you want to go the extra smile this week, share our podcast with one person you think would enjoy it. Let them know why you value play theory and how it's changing your life. Here's one last superpower play sure to earn extra points on the scoreboard of your life. Notice when you're not willing to let go and play and ask yourself why. Are you like me with the water skiing and you just don't know what to do? Like we talked about in a previous episode where we shared the story of the young boy who was so afraid of making a mistake, he wouldn't take a step while playing the game warmer or colder. His fear of being wrong paralyzed him. And ironically, as he stalled, unwilling to make a move for fear of being wrong, he was already wrong. Since without taking any action, he had zero chance of finding the hidden object and winning the game. So here's a trick question. Can there be a wrong direction if it ends up taking you where you want to be ultimately? Two steps forward and one step backwards is still one step forward. So flex your be present muscle you worked hard on last week to notice when you struggle to let go and play and then ask what you're really risking by being afraid to take that next step forward. That's all for Let Go and Play, unless you're a lucky local participant in the roommate challenge. In that case, you'll get the chance to let go and play in person at a live play theory workshop at 6.30 this Friday night, September 10th at Kiwanis Park in Provo, Utah. See playtheory.org for details. Next week, we'll be learning about the principle that started it all, which in my opinion is the solution to all of life's problems. Till then, remember, life is a team sport, so come play with us at the Play Theory Boot Camp. And if you have roommates, sign up while there's still time for the Play Theory for Roommates workshop at playtheory.org. And if you want to, please share the love. If you get the chance, rate us on iTunes and share a review. Catch you next time.